in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Twenty-four-seven Sports ranked the top twelve, uh, top twenty-five facilities in college football, and UNLV does not have one of the twenty-five best facilities in college football. How is that possible, Ed? Because they don't have a roller coaster. Unbelievable! Put like a roller Clemson, coaster Clemson in. What are we doing? Yeah, Clemson has a roller coaster and all kinds of parks and rides and stuff. And if you can't do that, you're not making this list. Oh, we got to get a, we got to, you know, he's not going to win games on the field. They got to at least win the uh, national championship of facilities, right? They got to have the best in the Mountain West, right? I mean, is that, is that like a consolation prize? I, do they have the best in the Mountain West? Doesn't Boise State still have better facilities than UNLV? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm trying to think if I've even, no, Colorado State's got that new, um, uh, that's not as new anymore, but new on campus uh, stadium and they have nice facilities. Uh, I think UNLV would be up there in the Mountain West. Yeah. It all depends on how many days the barber's working. Like if the <laughs> barber's no working barber. five days. Oh, that, there is no barber. I think the kids cut their own hair, right? They do cut their own hair. Well, that can't be good. <laughs> that's how you That's how you get into the top 25. You hire a barber? Yeah. Okay, so they need to hire a barber even though it's a pandemic and you probably shouldn't do that because you end up like the Houston Rockets and you got to miss the first yeah. three games of the season because yeah. you ought to get your hair cut. Or the Kansas City Chiefs and you almost miss the Super Bowl because of a barber. Worth it. Great question. Excellent. Thank you. Colorado State beat New Mexico 87-73 to last night. It was the last game of the regular season for New Mexico and they played with just six scholarship players. Four players did not even make the trip to Colorado State yesterday. Uh, I kind of feel like New Mexico should hang a banner just for finishing this season. Yeah. I mean, I no no joking around. I'm serious. I, I'm surprised they got to 73. I mean, I, I just don't know how they've done this. And again, I know we're going to talk about UNLV. Correct me if I'm wrong. The idea they, they keep playing these games, and, and let me throw this in there because we're going to talk about the San Diego State, but let me see real quick because I think I'm right on this. I think Wyoming and UNLV by, might be, if I'm mistaken, locked into their seeds. Or, am I correct about that? No, they won't be. Okay, um, okay, because I still believe that everyone said, well, you're playing all these games for TV. I saw yesterday, and you'll know this, is the, is the UNLV game just being streamed? Uh, if that's I, the case, to put these kids on a plane to go to Laramie, Wyoming, that I don't want to hear about. If that's the truth, if it's only being streamed, don't ever talk to me about safety anymore. To put kids on a plane to go to Laramie, Wyoming on Saturday for a game that, you know, it might mean a little here or seating, but in the big picture of safety and to have New Mexico continue playing these games, I just think it's silly, man. I, I think it's absolutely foolish. It's on CBS Sports Network on Saturday. It is? <laughs> yes. I still wouldn't they put are. them on a plane. They are not streaming that one. I mean, yeah, listen, if you are UNLV in Wyoming, yeah, you, you don't have to play the game. We no. just, on the women's side, we just saw it, uh, San Diego State and Utah State, They both, the women's teams, they said, we're not playing a makeup game. And yeah. so the Mountain West gave them both a loss. They said, okay, you both forfeit, you both get a loss. So if you're, if you're UNLV in Wyoming and you don't want to play, 
Don't play. You don't have yeah. to. You don't have to get on. A, Craig Thompson's not coming and tying you up and throwing you on a plane and sending you to Laramie. Just don't go. You're going to get a loss. It's going to be a forfeit. But nobody's going to force you to get on the plane and go to Wyoming if you really don't want to go. He's not going because he has a hair appointment. But um, <laughs> got to get the haircut. No, I, I just look. I mean, we, we're going to talk about the San Diego State game and Carter State. Obviously, I think needed San Diego State to lose to win the league. So maybe that's what they said. Hey, there's still a chance to win the league, but. Um, the, the, I, and I know Mike Ramallah tweeted this when we saw these makeup games. The one, the one of the ones I think everyone laughed at was you have, putting UNLV on a plane to go to Laramie. And right from the beginning, like right when they announced the game, it's like, why is that one being played? It has no championship, you know, ramifications. And you're sending a team in these supposedly dangerous times with the conference tournament next week all the way to Wyoming. And uh, we'll get to that. And the sixth seed in the Mountain West tournament uh, is going to yeah. be on the line. All right. Okay. <laughs> Do you get a buy for that? No. No. <laughs> That's a great, great question. Jets general manager Joe Douglas says he would answer the phone if someone called asking for Sam Darnold. Uh, so the Jets have the second pick in the draft. So here's the question for you, Ed. Should the Jets, they've got a couple of options here. Should they try to trade Sam Darnold and take a quarterback at number two, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whoever that is? Should they keep Darnold and try to trade out of two and get some more assets and draft around Darnold? Or should they take any and all of their picks possible and trade them for Deshaun Watson? The last one. If it's, <laughs> you're saying trade two, if it's two first rounders, because I think well, everyone it's going to be it's going to be more than more two than, first rounders. Yeah. It's going to be Darnold, gonna, two first rounders, a second, whatever. I mean, it's going to be more than the golf trade. But I would get Deshaun Watson. I would do what it took to get De- Deshaun Watson, and that's you know, if you're asking me what I would do, I, I do that. That is your best option if you're the Jets. Is trading for Deshaun Watson. What would be curious is if Deshaun Watson doesn't actually get traded before the draft, or if he gets traded to somewhere else. Right. I'm curious how the Jets feel about Sam Darnold and Adam Gase. Because if you believe that just simply not playing under Adam Gase can fix a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill when he went to the Titans, then Sam Darnold might actually be a decent quarterback under there. It was just Adam Gase that was ruining him. And you might believe in Sam Darnold. But I think at the end of the day, if you're the Jets, if you don't trade for Deshaun Watson... You kind of have to take a quarterback at number two based on how people are talking about this quarterback class. Yeah, I mean, that's what we don't know. If it's 95, we think it was Gase's problem, then 95%, then, you know, you might like Sam Darnold. Um, or you're calling Houston and the janitor's picking up the voicemail and, you know, you're asking uh, what it would take to get Deshaun Watson. So um, that's a, that's the thing you don't know. And this GM is probably not going to say it out loud. Um, but if he says he would answer the phone then maybe it's not 95% of they thought it was Gase's fault, right? I mean, if he's going to answer the phone and listen, which I think everyone should do, except Mayock said yesterday, I don't know who's going to call me. I don't know who might not call me. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I I think he's probably on the block, and, you know, it's going to come down probably to also, you know, what do you think about Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Like, do you think they're, you know, you think they're good enough? No. <laughs> Next question. Tyrell Williams signed a one-year $6.2 million with the Lions. Million-dollar deal with the Lions. Uh, the Raiders cut him earlier this year. He was due to make over $11 million for this season. Do you think the Raiders would have taken him back for $6 million? I think it might have depended on what they are gonna, what they potentially think they can do in free agency. 
you've brought up the top three or four guys. Now, those guys at 13 to 15, I'm taking over Tyrell Williams at six. But And we've, we've talked about Aguilar in this sense. Until they make the decision on how much they're going to pay, if they can get one of those top guys, that's you know that's the key. Until they make that decision, I don't know if they would have taken them back at six. But if they think, look, we can't get those top three or four guys, or it's just not going to work, you can bring Aguilar back for if he'd come back for six and Tyrell Williams for six. They might have they might have considered it. Obviously, they didn't consider it eleven because they cut him pretty quick. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see because the problem for the Raiders with Tyrell Williams, obviously, the injuries were the problem, but. The Raiders signed him and basically were like, yeah, he's going to be a number one receiver. That's what they said when they signed him. He was he was solid with the Chargers, but he was never the number one wide receiver no. with the Chargers. Keenan and I Allen. think that, yeah. that's probably where Tyrell Williams fits. He's probably best if he's your number two wide receiver. And for $6 million, that's not a bad deal. So I, I think the Lions made a pretty solid signing taking a bet on Tyrell Williams. It's similar to the Nelson Aguilar deal. More expensive, but similar right. in that... There's a good chance he's got a great season next year on a one-year, you know, short deal, and Ty Williams gets a bigger payday the following offseason. Yeah. Next question. Speaking of wide receivers, the Giants release Golden Tate. Showtime. Is Golden, is Golden Tate the next Nelson Aguilar? The Raiders signing him for $2 million? I'd sign him for two if he'd come for two. We talked about this. If you're not... One of those top guys, I wouldn't overpay at this point if you can get Aguilar back and and or someone like Golden Tate. Um, I wouldn't overpay for him. Now again, I, what does overpay mean for Golden Tate? But if you're telling me you can get Golden Tate for two million, I would take him for two million. I just don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if that would be his best offer. Yeah, I'm curious what the price would be on a player yeah. like Golden Tate and what we heard Mike Mayock say yesterday about free agents and how much money they're going to have to spend and how careful they're going to have to be. This might be the exact type of player that they do end up signing because maybe they don't go big in free agency. Maybe they don't go after, uh, at any position, a guy that's worth $20 million a year. And maybe they're trying to find guys like, hey, Golden Tate for three or four million. And that's how they try to fill out their roster in free agency. So Golden Tate might be the exact type of player the Raiders go after. Showtime, Tate. Man, you know, that's a great question. The Raiders re-signed long snapper Trent Siege to a three-year deal. Who's excited about long snapper deals? Can we get him on the show? Uh, <laughs> no, not allowed. <laughs> this, should we should we let the audience know in a little secret that we have chased Trent Siege now for <laughs> what <laughs> seems like seven and a half years to come on this show, and we just can't get him? I, I mean, Jared has he has worked his you know what off trying to get Trent Siege. So maybe now that he's secure with the three year deal, we might be able to get him on the show. Secure with the three year yeah. deal. Yes. How much guaranteed money's on that three year deal? Probably six months. I mean, I assume I assume it's fully guaranteed. It's like yeah, you mean, like you get a company make? car and uh, you know <laughs> we'll pay for the Airbnb. Yeah. That's fully that guaranteed for the long sapper. Can't get him on the show. Too high profile. Yes. Framber Valdez fractured his ring finger. Framber Valdez expected to be one of the best pitchers for the Astros this year. In his first spring training start, a comebacker hit his pitching hand. He did end up pitching another inning after he broke his finger, but he has a fractured finger. Uh, John Heyman reported this morning that it looks like he's going to have to get surgery, which would end the season for him, although the Astros are seeking a second opinion. I'm devastated by this because Framber Valdez was going to be excellent. 
Ah, the big lefty. The big lefty. Oh, You're not going to have him this year. More it's... importantly, let's be honest. Let's move on from the guy, Fran, uh, uh, Framber <laughs> Valdez. Uh, Trevor Bauer pitches against the Padres on Saturday. Jared gets some. Oh, he does. Oh, let's go. Talk peace. Welcome oh. to Slam Diego, Trevor yeah. Bauer. <laughs> oh no. man. That no. you're, you're you're assuming three guys would have to get on, and that's not happening. So good oh, for he's oh he's giving up three base oh. runners for Fernando Tatis. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh. Knowing knowing Trevor Bauer, he might load the bases on purpose. He might. He like, might has to be that. like, I'm going like, to strike you out. There's no chance. Literally, I'm serious that anyone in the world will be refreshing his phone more than me on Saturday. <laughs> like for for a spring training game where Trevor Bauer is probably only going to pitch one inning, I will be hitting that refresh just constantly praying that they don't score off that guy. I would put Tatis in the leadoff spot. <laughs> Did you guys see that Spencer Torkelson literally said that he cut his finger trying to open a can of beans? Yes, yes. They didn't have a can opener. How important are beans? <laughs> what were they making? I was making corn salsa. There was a can of beans to put in. The Airbnb did not have a can opener, so we oh, had to improvise. Uh, he's a uh, he's the freaking starting pitcher for the Detroit Lions or Detroit Tigers. Well, like, and I, you know what the thing about that is, Jared? When I read that tweet, part of the tweet was the boys were hungry or something like that, and I went right to, why are you congregating? Did y'all have masks on when you were breaking your fin- when you were cutting your finger? Like uh, there was a little I- insert there with uh, they were congregating for a meal. I don't know if that's a good thing. More importantly, get your damn corn salsa delivered. What are you doing making your own corn salsa? Ridiculous! Get somebody else to make it and bring it to you. Then you never need a can opener. All right, coming up next, UNLV lost to San Diego State last night, but UNLV had one of the best backdoor covers you'll ever see. The Vegas Golden Knights will now hit the road for six straight, starting it off Friday night in San Jose. With four seconds to go. And throws it away. Mitchell steals it. Mitchell in the front court, and he'll just dribble it out. And the Aztecs have the win, 71-62. to The Rebels uh, fought hard down the stretch, but uh, were never able to get it... Uh, much closer than uh, than 12 points. Eventually, a late three got it to nine. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. UNLV lost last night to San Diego State. They played pretty well in the first half, but uh, San Diego State had quite a big run between the end of the first half and start of the second half to put that game away, and you know we never really got close. But what's most important about last night was the backdoor cover by UNLV, because UNLV, nine and a half point underdogs. They were down 15 with 40 seconds to go. They got a three, and TJ Otzelberger called a timeout. He called a timeout down 12 with 32 seconds left in the game. Teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. Coachable. All right. Calls the timeout to set up a press. Yes. They press San Diego State, and they get a turnover. Matt Mitchell throws it right to David Jenkins. That's the best pass David Jenkins has gotten to step into a three-pointer the entire season. And David Jenkins stepped into it 
and drilled a three. So UNLV down 15 with 40 seconds to go is suddenly covering nine and a half points with 30 seconds left in this game. UNLV continues to press and San Diego State breaks the press and they get it up the floor to Nathan Mensah, who is all alone, all alone within five feet of the basket. He can go up and dunk it if he wants to score. I mean, I thought he'd just dribble it out because there the shot clock was off. He could have just dribbled the clock out and the game could have been over. But Nathan Mensa doesn't do either of those things. He tries to throw an alley-oop off the backboard to his teammate who's not even open. There's a defender on his teammate and the ball bounces into UNLV's hands. UNLV doesn't score again. Then the clock ends up running out. But UNLV covers nine and a half because they hit two threes in about a five-second span. TJ Altsberger took a timeout to set up a press, and Nathan Mensa tried to throw an alley-oop off the backboard to his teammate. Well, and, and the funny thing is, so, I mean, Shackle's a good player, good shooter and all that, but he's not only covered, but when you think of that team, I'm not thinking Jordan Shackle's the one who's going to go up, get a lob, and dunk it. Like, I don't know who he was throwing it to. Like, he's a good player, but... You know they have the you know uh, they have other guys who are more athletic than Jordan Shackle and uh, you know they interviewed Dutcher afterwards and Dutcher the first thing he says is like I got my big guy throwing lobs at the end of games he goes no wonder like I have gray hair he goes you know what do they do so yeah that was a horrible horrible uh, last forty seconds if you had the Aztecs in the nine and a half man and like you, that's... You know, you, oh my god. That is that is one of the worst like losses you can have as a sports better yeah. because yeah. San Diego State cruised the entire second. I think UNLV got within nine one other time the entire second half. They made one little run to get within eight, and then San Diego State immediately scored like the next six points. And yeah. that was it. You were you were covering for the last eighteen minutes of that game, with the exception of about thirty seconds, and then the final thirty seconds happened, and you lost. So. Tremendous cover by UNLV, uh, but the game itself, uh, I want to I want to talk about Bryce Hamilton, because Bryce Hamilton scored nine points in this game, and it wasn't because he didn't shoot. He was three of 14 from the floor, and he only took one three-pointer. He did not get to the rim very much. He only had a couple of layup attempts in that game. He took almost all of his shots from the mid-range and missed basically all of them. So, Quick comparison for you. Last year on two-pointers, Bryce Hamilton shot 55% in Mountain West play. This year, he's at 45%. Last year on three-pointers, Hamilton shot 35% in Mountain West play. He's at 27% this year. He's lost nearly 10 percentage points on twos and threes. Are we sure Bryce Hamilton is is good? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I think... Okay, so let's just go last night. I think they played the best defensive team in the league. And I think I was listening to the pregame show with John Sandler, uh, an assistant coach from the Rebels, and, and, they, and John Sandler said, what, uh, don't, what can't you do? And he goes, we can't dribble too much against them because they're so physical and everything. I thought they dribbled a lot of, too much, and I think Bryce got caught up in that a little and dribbling too much. And uh, I think he's good. Um, I still think – I just think it's, it's weird because games like that, should put into a kid's mind that he should stay. And I always, sometimes I go reverse on that. And I think handlers and people in kids' ears 
say, you know, you, you've got to get out. You, you, you got to move on. You've got to be at a higher level. And, and I still think it's a long shot. He'll come back. But then you watch a game like that last night and you're like, boy, you know, you better have some really, really good workouts. I mean, that, that, if, if that's the film they're watching, that's not a very good film. He was not very good last night. So um, I'm not going to say he's not good. I think he's been a good player for them. But last night, I think, was a combination of things. He didn't play well. And they, that team can really defend. I don't think he has any chance of getting drafted. He uh, he's zero uh, second probably round. Probably not even probably not even on the radar because Bryce Hamilton is not a good shooter. Uh, we saw last year in Mountain West play, he shot thirty five percent from three, but his freshman year he shot twenty nine percent, and now this year he's down to twenty eight percent. He's he's not a good three point shooter, and obviously you need to shoot well if you're going to make it in the NBA. But beyond that, he can't get to the rim. Like, again, San Diego State's the best defensive team in the conference, but this isn't a San Diego State problem. Bryce Hamilton hasn't been able to get to the rim all season long. He he settles for mid-range jumpers, and it's the worst shot in basketball. It's the shot that's being phased out of the game, and that's what he continues to take. And then on the defensive end, he's still a disaster. He he still makes the same mistakes he was making last year where he gets caught ball-watching, where he, he's not a good defender. So... I'm telling you a guy who's a below average defender, a below average shooter, and can't get to the rim. What what if I'm an NBA team, what am I drafting Bryce Hamilton for? Because he can create a mid-range shot that he's not even making at a very high rate anymore? Like, I don't think he has any chance of getting drafted. I don't even know that he has a great chance to play pro overseas or somewhere else because again, what are you getting out of Bryce Hamilton? He's not very good at the skills that are valuable in basketball anymore. I mean, I think you could find money somewhere in Europe. There's so many leagues, but he drafted. I mean, based on last night, no, uh, it's going to be so weird this year with workouts and all that. That's the other thing. It could really hurt him because we, the pandemic and, you know, how often can you even, you know, uh, work out for th- uh, teams and he would really have to do things and workouts to get drafted. Because I think, like you said, if you look at the year and a film like last night, that would really, really worry you. He'd have to really, go and impress a team when they get three or four guys in a gym. Uh, but I don't know if he could do that anyway. So, and yet, I mean, you put your percentage at it. I still think he's gone. Yeah. Well, and the other part is, you know, you, you might leave just for the sake of leaving because you're tired right. of playing college basketball right. and you're just done, done with it for now. But even like you, you bring up, if teams watch the game against San Diego state, you're watching a, a, a very inefficient player have a terrible night. He was 3-13 of 13 on two-pointers last night, but he hasn't been good in a long time. The last game against Fresno State, he was 5-13 of 13 on two-pointers. He was 1-5 of five from three. Against San Jose State, he had a 6-18 of 18 game on two-pointers and 1-7 of seven from three, right? Like Boise State, yeah. he was under 50% yeah. on two-pointers. Like, it's not just San Diego State that slowed him down. He's been bad for like seven straight games now. Bryce Hamilton has not been a good basketball player for UNLV. And you look at like any offensive struggles they're having, a lot of it goes back to Bryce Hamilton not being the type of playmaker that he was last season. And a lot of that is Bryce Hamilton's having to do more because they don't have a true point guard and he's actually playing some of that point guard. But right. like we've we've gotten to a point where David Jenkins is having a better season than Bryce Hamilton. David Jenkins has been better than Bryce Hamilton this year because Hamilton. And what, is, what does that really tell you when right. David Jenkins has had a lot of the struggles he's had? Right. And that, that's how bad this has been. All right. We're way over time here. Darren Millar joins us next. Oh, yes. And I got to do a read. William Hill. 
is giving you a free 50 bucks to bet when you sign up for a new mobile sports account. Use the promo code GET50. That is G-E-T-5-0. And then when you make a minimum of $50 in sports bets, you'll get a free 50 bucks in your account from William Hill. You get a free 50 and you can place all your bets straight from your phone. It is bet 50, get 50 from William Hill. Just remember the promo code GET50. For more details, visit WilliamHill.us. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. First time Joining us now is Darren Millard. How do you feel about that imaging, Darren? That's a nice image. Oh, that, that, that's just beautiful. I don't understand the whole <laughs> radio lingo thing, imaging, when it's a voiceover. Like it just, no, it, image. It it's an image. It's, it's an image. Theater of the mind. You're literally creating an image in the listener's head. It's a liner, isn't it? The liner is something you would read. Imaging is something like Jared puts together to make people imagine Darren Milsey Millard coming on the show. Oh, okay. okay. I still don't get it, but, but I, I'll, I'll accept the explanation. <laughs> um, all right. Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, first question on Marc-Andre Fleury. Him. I've heard of him. The way he's playing, how how sustainable is this level of play? Like, do you think he could play this well are, the entire so season? Beautiful. What? You are so unbelievably beautiful. You cannot accept what is the greatest start of his career and one of the exactly. best stretches that we've had in, in, in the Golden Knights history. And you want to know, can this continue for an entire 56-game season? You're not just right. happy with 10 consecutive yeah. starts. And you, you won't just go, that is unbelievable. Look wh- what he's done for the team and the organization and first place. Is it going to continue? Listen, Have you ever listened listen, to this Darren. show? First off, <laughs> yes. Ed yes. makes a great point. Have you listened to this show? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Second yes. off, <laughs> nobody, nobody in this organization is happy because they're in first place after 19 games. The whole point of this season is to win the Stanley Cup. We're not going to look right. back and say, man, those first 19 games, Flurry was great. We're going to look back and say, did they win the Stanley Cup or not? So is it sustainable or not? Uh, I disagree with you on the front half of that, and it's sustainable. To be fully uh, transparent, no, no. Like he, he's not. Well, first of all, he's not going to start every game, so that's not sustainable. Uh, I don't believe you on that. Of, I don't believe you. He's going to start of, every game. The level of play is is at uh, uh, just right now a point where it's career best and. This isn't the guy in his third league or fourth uh, fourth year of the of the National Hockey League. He's he's mid thirties, so he's had a few good years in the past, and and he's playing above that. So uh, no, it's 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 not sustainable. Now, if if they get into a rotation and they get him some rest, and, and he's being he's able to uh, sort of uh, recoup and 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 fine tune his game on on those off days and. And be able to get into more of a, a consistent role on that spot, that part, then yeah, I, I think that he can maintain a very, very high level uh, of goaltending. And if he does that, uh, it'll be great news for the for the Golden Knights. And if he does that, uh, I'm now of the the belief, and I was skeptical at the start and was trying trying to hold off on on all the excitement. Uh, I was that guy, 
uh, who is uh, who is saying it's it's early. You just let it let it play out. Uh, I think that the, that there's a real possibility that you could have a Besna Trophy uh, contending uh, season with with Mark Andre Fleury. He's he's done it right now, uh, and he's passed the quarter pole. Uh, I think you have to get to the three quarter pole in the, in the eyes of the, the the voters. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, well, get to the three quarter pole at a at a high level. And then everybody starts doing their their ballots and thinking about it, and they're reflecting on because the last week of the season, last two weeks of the season, they've they've kind of already made up their mind. So they, I I think that uh, that there's a real real possibility, and he doesn't have that much runway left to cover to to make that possible. Well, we said earlier, if you want to see the local Twitter go crazy right now, put out that Vasilevsky uh, absolutely deserves the Vesna, and you'll see Twitter blow up in Las Vegas. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the media. Um, but uh, if Oscar Danks doesn't start one of these back-to-backs in San Jose, should DeBoer be fined by the organization? Don't you have to play this guy? San Jose stinks. He probably should play both back-to-backs. But isn't this the first we're going to see here this weekend where someone named Fleury's not in the net for the first time in ever? Well, it, it would be logical, Ed, but let me let me put you to to this scenario, and and this is something that that came up last night on our on the post game show with with Ryan. What if they play San Jose? And because we don't know what's going to happen, but I'll paint a scenario for you. Uh, they beat San Jose four one tomorrow tomorrow night in San Jose, and San Jose mounts a meager eighteen shots. Like that—that's a scenario where I think you could turn around and you could play Mark Andre on Saturday in the second half of the back-to-back. That's—that's uh, that's about the only way I could see it. Absolutely, the only way. Uh, so I'll go to the other end. Uh, I would expect that somebody other than Mark Andre Fleury will start the second half of uh, of Saturday, and that. I mean, Oscar Dansk has played in the National Hockey League before, and and Logan Thompson has played a handful of of games in the American Hockey League, and, and while he's played really, really well and was goaltender of the month, uh, I think you'd go with uh, lean towards the guy with uh, with some experience. So I would expect Dance to go on on Saturday. But how about this scenario? And it's and it's happened a few times in the National League this year with teams having being forced to carry three goaltenders. Is when you don't start your top guy, you don't dress your top guy. You give him a complete day off. So the the other end of of playing him in back to backs would be start Oscar Dansk, dress dress Logan Thompson as the backup, and you maximize that uh, day in which Mark Andre Fleury is not going to not going to start. You you totally give up. You, it's not in the morning skate. It's not the pregame skate. He's not dressing on the bench. He's just like shutting it down. And uh, a few teams have done that, and I wonder whether or not the Golden Knights would go that route to try and uh, and really uh, dine out on the opportunity to get them some some recovery time. Uh, after watching two games against uh, the Minnesota Wild, are you of the belief the Wild should be in the top group with Vegas, Colorado, and St. Louis when we talk about the West? Yeah, yeah, they're they're a big team, uh, much more physical than. Uh, I would uh, argue uh, either St. Louis or Colorado were in the games against. Now they've only seen St. Louis for one game, uh, but uh, but they're, they they can lean on you. Uh, and Kaprizov they threw a, threw showed some bite last night by throwing a big hit, you know, on Chandler Stevenson. And uh, and their their forward group 
uh, can can get in your way and and slow you down and 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 leave you uh, feeling it the next day. Uh, their and their blue line is is dynamic, uh, and I think they've got some really good goaltending. Uh, I, I was impressed. Uh, Kaprizov was better than his stats showed, which wasn't very much uh, in this in this series. Uh, Vegas did a nice job on him, but he had looks, and and they had opportunities. Uh, you they. Minnesota got one point out of that two-game series. That's the minimum amount that they could have ever left here with. They they played a really good opener, and they made the big push uh, in the third period last night. Uh, uh, I thought it was really entertaining hockey, a really competitive hockey, and, and pretty even hockey uh, for those two games. Did you see the picture this morning of Brad Hunt and Flurry yucking it up and laughing and uh, like uh, putting each other's arms around each other. No, I didn't see that. Good. Would would you have ever done that? Right is, uh, give me, is, give me is, some is, imaging right now, Ed. Oh well, I, Jared's good at the imaging. It's a picture of Hunt and Flurry during the game, like yucking it up and and laughing. I'm just wondering, is that should that be allowed? Like, should you be that good of friends with someone during the game, or should you just wait till afterwards? Uh, with Mark Andre, I think it's the norm, uh, uh, quite honestly, and and he he would uh, initiate that more often than not. Uh, so, not knowing the exact particulars of, of that situation, I would think that uh, that that was uh, came from the direction of, of Mark Andre. And what's what's Brad going to do? He's going to turn around and storm away and 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 be grumpy. Uh, I, I know I know I, I know where you're you're going from coming from and I also know that there's a certain segment of of our sport that would not be happy about that at no. all. But I'm also uh, accepting of the modern game where everybody's buddies and 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 there's not as near as much uh, uh, animosity uh between the lines, we, they, they, they're competitive. Uh, it's almost like it used to be, hey, when the game starts, we're, we're on opposite sides. Uh, now now it's when the puck's moving, we're on opposite sides. <laughs> but, but if the yeah, puck's not you, moving, we, you can, got we, Ovechkin, still be, we, we you, can still be buddies. You got Ovechkin last night slashing someone in the you-know-what. It's like, I don't think yeah. these guys are good friends. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're right about that. Uh, and you know what? With, I don't even need imaging. For you know what, <laughs> I know what that is. Exactly what that is. No, I think I think there's there's certain former teammates. And look, look, uh, Brad and 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 Mark. Uh, uh, there's there's a there's a special bond with with that group. And uh, and I, I because it's Mark Andre Fleury, I am much more willing if I'm Dean Evison to give a pass on that. Although although Zach Parisi, I'm sure sitting up there going. I was scratched for trying to help my teammates for an empty better even though. And then they're yucking it up. Hey, Darren, um, you did the Silver Knights broadcast and then immediately went and did the Golden Knights broadcast. Did you change your suit? Nope. Why would I change my suit? It's a two-mile drive. Okay, but the question, all right, so more importantly, you had a Silver Knights pin in your yes, lapel. I changed my pin. Okay. Okay. So yeah. that's that's the big that's the big like op like you have to like get prepared for the broadcast. You change a pin. Yeah, that's all I did to prepare for the two broadcasts was was change the pin, and write down silver instead of golden. <laughs> how and, many different <laughs> how many different suits are in your rotation for game days? Uh, you know, Mike McKenna asked me that yesterday, and uh, for game days, 
I would probably say 14, 13, oh, 14. That's wow. Down there. Jeez. Yeah, I was very fortunate that uh, where, wow. I, where I worked before Vegas to have, uh, I came in, I came in with a uh, bag full of pucks, uh, a lot of pucks wow. there. And then I've, I've thrown in a couple since then. Do you, so. do you have like a dress allowance? Do they pay you for this stuff? They give you a phone. I mean, <laughs> do, do they give you money for the suits? What, what's the big fascination with the phone? I've been doing this for a year, and Jared <laughs> just, just knows, notices today that I have a 702 number. The number, by the way, if you want, do you want to get a hold of me, is 702-555-1212. Uh, call, call anytime. I'll, I'll take your call. the hardest part is matching the pocket square with the ties i'll I'll be honest with you on that you guys the pin and and making sure the pin is straight up making sure the pin straight up uh which which one's your favorite pin do you like the the silver knights pin or or the golden knights pin and very observant of you guys to notice that i changed the pin between the two telecasts I did not observe that. That is all Jared. So I have uh, no say on what your pens look I, like on your suits. I've only been watching hockey for about five years. So I'm more in, like, I, but uh, I mean, I've been watching people wear nice suits for like most of my life. So, uh, you know, you pick up the details you pick up. Uh, fun nice. fact to leave you with, Darren. Jared, at one point in his former life, was a tailor. So this is right oh, up his alley. Taylor's assistant. Yeah, sorry, excuse me. Taylor's assistant. He never made it to the uh, actual level of Taylor. But he is Darren Millard. Darren, we appreciate it. Thank you, Darren. What, uh, what, what, what stopped you from taking the, uh, the, the full step to becoming a Taylor? I didn't. That's a very long story that I would have to share off the air. <laughs> Jared, so nine, out of ten, nine out of ten stories Jared has has to be off the air. Yeah, there's so many things I want to say right now and so many things that, that I won't say because I want to come back on with you guys again. There you go. Uh, call him at 10.01 to get the answer, Darren. Thank there's you. some imaging for you. 555-1212. Five, 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 one, two, one, two. Cocaine isn't Thanks, cheap. Darren. There you go. Thanks. All right. Coming up next, um, I think we're going to give our sharp a mulligan. I think we're giving Absolutely. him a lifeline because he had San Diego State minus nine and a half. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. We have given away uh, lifelines and find the sharp for really no reason at all in the past. But today a lifeline is warranted. Sean had San Diego State minus nine and a half. And thanks to the greatest 40 seconds of UNLV basketball, uh, he did not win. He did not win that bet. But we're giving you a lifeline, and your lifeline, Sean, you just need to pick the winner for us between Adelaide United and Newcastle Jets in the Australian A-League. Uh, anytime you have a United, you got to roll with them. So United <laughs> it is. Okay, and I, let me, okay, before you lock that in, because it's soccer, you could also pick a draw if you want to pick a draw. I just need to make sure we know that as well. Uh, we'll go for the outright W. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Adelaide Sean's United. Not a draw guy. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. So we got you in. Adelaide United is your mulligan. If you get that, we'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Right on. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Sean's not a draw guy, and obviously, you'd never give a Man City because they're never losing again. So. Well, they don't play today. Well, they so don't play, they, and they don't play today either. Can't give him Man City <laughs> anyway. Um, I believe Man City plays Man United this weekend, so they might lose. They yeah. might. 
And it won't matter I'll at be, all I'll for our bet, Ed. You keep talking about this damn Man City win streak <laughs> when it doesn't matter. All we bet on was the Champions League. Uh, next week, next week. <laughs> yeah, you got to calm down over there. They're getting eliminated, hopefully soon. All right, we're going to go to Kentucky. And a tweet from Kentucky Sports Radio here. The Kentucky Senate passed a bill, unanimously, 36 nothing, that's going to allow... High school seniors from this year to go back to high school and play another year of sports. I mean, think about it. You know, the the one thing you do for three years is to get that nice senior schedule of six six uh, six classes off and and just have lunch. Well, these guys wouldn't even have to. Girls and girls wouldn't even have to show up to school. They would just show up for practice. I mean, there'd, there'd be nothing to do. So that Man. that is a valid question. What does their I mean, class look like? Yes. Like. Shouldn't they have enough classes to graduate? Are they taking the same classes they took before? Very confusing. But also... Jimmy, I've seen you in Woodshop three straight hours today. Why are you still back? (laughs) Would anybody want to go back to high school? Like, is there a senior in high school that's like, I want to stay here for another year? Uh, I knew some kids that probably should have. I mean, yes, (laughs) that that would be advisable. But like... I can't, like, when I was a C, I don't remember a single person that was like, man, I wish I could come back again next year. No, no not even close. You're that, counting the days till the ceremony yeah. to get out of there. So I, Jeez. I mean, I guess it's a nice gesture from the Kentucky Senate, but how many people are actually going back to high school for another year? No high schooler wants to go back. This is the year I get a scholarship. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Like, if you weren't getting a scholarship before, you're probably not getting one next year either. 